I think we need to start with your current infirmity, which is making your voice sound have a very high production quality. Like you could do movie trailers right now. I could. One, one man in a podcast with a lesser man. Wait, which Wait. One? <laughs> it's, it's, I feel like it had well, to because, go that direction. Because well, your voice is like not not this right now. So that makes me a lesser man. Is that what you're? I feel like that's. You, those are your words, not mine. <laughs> All right, let's let's roll the tape back. Yeah, let's just, should we start? <laughs> See this whose over? words those are. Oh, I thought you were going to start three, the whole thing. Over. Two, one, three, two. Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from June 27th, 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your uh, voiceless Vocally host. superior host. Voc- <laughs> or, or challenged, vocally challenged. I've had a bad combination this week of yelling a lot at children coaching in the coaching context <laughs> and yelling encouragement thank you for providing context and then yeah it just it's just been one of those one of those weeks but joining me is robbie whose voice is pristine as always oh i thank you what are you doing over there i'm adjusting you're you're peaking a lot in the in the waveform, so I'm adjusting your volume level of your. Microphone. I cannot imagine it's even picking you up right now. You're like that you're picking the, me up. Yeah, you're doing. It's you're doing the thing of like you're the soft. The I get soft that a lot. Line. I get that a lot. Sometimes in response to my response to people, someone will respond. You know, nobody can hear what you're saying, right? <laughs> Which I, I did not know. Otherwise, I would have I've raised that, my voice. I feel a like bit. I've said that before at staff meetings. Like. <laughs> Would you like to share that with everyone or just That's why that's why I need seven amplifiers on my microphone right now so that it will it will pick up at normal human volume. Yeah. They, I think I noticed I got to talk to Jeff about this, but I think he turned off the fans this weekend because of concern mm. that people wouldn't be able to hear. And I was thinking, I don't know if that's ever a problem for me in the great room? Yeah. It was hot. I didn't know those fans are ever turned off. They get turned off sometimes when you're worried about people being able to hear things. But I just feel like that's probably not necessary. No, not when not when you're speaking. Even when I'm speaking, that's the one environment that I that I get a little loud. I get yeah, a little. I get a little. Clearly not up. this environment. There's a lot right of adrenaline. Now. No, it's not this environment. Where you're half. It is a dreary day outside. It is. It's nap weather. It is. <laughs> My cats think so. In fairness, they think all weather is nap weather, though. Yeah. This is this is not started off strong. No? You don't think so? Let's go ahead and just get right into it then and see if we can redirect. Let's redirect. Because I thought Sunday was strong. I, I liked, uh, I, I thought that was a, a solid psalm to pick, and I really liked where you went with it. You're just saying that now. I, I do think the, um, I think the whole Sunday was great. It was so good to it was be a really good together, Sunday. and you know, because of the rain, we were inside, and and so that was neat. And people um, were belting out too. People were singing. It's great, man! I love when people sing. Singing, singing. It's so good to hear that. It, it was really, it was really encouraging. 
Um, so yeah, I think I think it was just one of those Sundays where you just just feel really blessed to have been here yeah. and worshiping. Agreed. So. Agreed. Well, you covered a lot of ground on Sunday and gave a lot of practicals, and so I feel like we've got some some stuff to talk about this morning. Um, as you're going through Psalm 146, um, and you you connected Christ's redemption and and our uh, walking in obedience to that, involving caring for those who can't care for themselves, and uh, and I thought I loved how practical it was. I love the examples that you gave of how we could start doing that immediately. Um, couple questions that came out of that. One of them was um, you touched on the idea of, of Jesus saying this has been fulfilled, yeah. but that we look around and we see like there's still, there is still poverty around us. There is still addiction. There is still prisons filled with people. There's still, there's still all of these issues that, that he calls us to address, even though he says like, I am, I have fulfilled this. So, so can you talk a little bit about this idea of the already and the not yet, like it has already been fulfilled, and yet we still have a responsibility in, in, in meeting some of these needs in His name. Yeah, I think so. This was this was a strange sermon in the sense that there were some parts of it where I felt like I was communicating exactly what I wanted to, and people were receiving it in a way. Like, so there were definitely moments this weekend where I got a lot of head nods and like yeah. and just buy in and yeah. and just I, I felt like people were with me and then there were a couple other times where I thought something and I said it out loud and I'm like right and everyone's looking at me confused and I, and my brain took a little bit to catch up okay it's almost like my brain was registering what my mouth was actually saying as it was coming out as it was coming out okay. and not until and my mouth is like I'm doing a great job relaying this right and then the brain's going my brain's looking at me, my mouth going, I'm as confused as everyone else. What did you just say? <laughs> that is not what I passed on to you. It's like the game of telephone in my head. Okay. So, um, so one of those things was this, this idea of the already not yet. So okay. when we praise God in Psalm 146, when David praises God for all of these attributes and, and who he is and how he, um, you know, executes justice and, and how he sets the prisoners free and heals the blind and uh, all these different things. He's declaring these things that are praiseworthy about God. And then I just wanted to address the idea of like, well, if these are, if these are things that God um, rejoices in and, and it pleases him to do these things, and this is who he is, then why are all these things happening? And then mm. why? And then Jesus stands up and, and says today, like this is, has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. Like in the hearing of this, it's been fulfilled. And what Jesus is doing there is he's announcing the coming of the kingdom. Like yeah. he's, he's like, this is now he has come become flesh. That this is the plan of redemption that God has set forth since the beginning of time is now in this place being fulfilled in this moment as they're, as they're hearing Jesus speak these words and basically saying, I'm here. Like, hmm. It's, yeah. it's it. Yeah. Like this is being, this is, this has been fulfilled, but still then we have to ask the question that we're still dealing with this. And this is that, that tension that we talk about in scripture of the already and not yet. And so, uh, for example, I am, um, I, I have been reconciled to God, but I haven't fully been reconciled. Like there's both like now there's reconciliation, 
Um, it is sure it is, it is, you know, it is done, but it's also not done. I mean, we see this with mm-hmm. Jesus when he ta- he's on the cross, he says it is finished. It's both finished and not yet finished. Like there's going to come a time where he returns. And then at that point he will kind of bring, um, bring to fullness everything that has been declared and we see this in our sanctification so we are both like we are declared victorious over sin like in christ i am victorious over sin and yet i still battle sin on a daily basis right um and so we are constantly living in this tension of the already and not yet um and so i think so that's that's part of the understanding that when Jesus says it is fulfilled, he's pointing to a greater thing that has now been enacted and is taking place. Um, and, and that's where we kind of talked about like a greater execution of justice. Like we would have the small view of what that means, but there's a bigger thing at play, um, a, a, a greater sense of um, setting the prisoners free. Like they would have had a right. small idea in mind of what that means, but Jesus is bringing something even greater. And, and that is what has been fulfilled. So now with the coming of Jesus, we are set free. The captives are set free from our sin or slavery to the kingdom of this world. Uh, we've been bought and redeemed and, and brought back into the family of God and being formed as a family. That's what he has fulfilled and there's going to come a day where he returns where all of the things will be brought back in to full reconciliation. Right. Um, and that's what we point towards. And because that's the case, we are, um, we are constantly pointing to these greater things that Jesus has done and what he means by fulfillment by doing these temporary things here on earth, by being about these things. That's why it's so critical that as we are talking about Jesus as the bread of life, that we're actually also feeding people bread. Right. And as we talk about Jesus as um, the one who heals our hearts and mends our hearts and heals us from the consequences of sin, that we are also visiting the sick and, and praying for healing here on earth. It's it's so we can point to those bigger things and say, like, Jesus is about all of those things. Like, there's going to come a day where all the healing will take place. But right now, he's actually, he has done the bigger thing. And now, as evidence that he can do this bigger thing that he's talking about, we see that we work for these mm. lesser things. Mm. I don't know if I call them lesser thing, but this small, like, the more immediate things. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a imperfect reflection of his perfect fulfillment of those things right in the same way that i am i bear his image but i certainly do not in any way come close to perfectly reflecting him right i'm a uh you know the scripture says through the mirror darkly right through a fogged up mirror i am reflecting him imperfectly our acts of justice our acts of caring for the poor our acts of seeking healing and provision for those who need it is is an imperfect reflection of his perfect fulfillment of those things, which is why we should seek those because I want to look like Jesus. That's why I'm following him. I'm following him because I want to be like him. And so I want to do the things that he does, which he promises in his word, we will be able to do empowered by his spirit. And so I I want to, I know it's not going to look like his, but I want to look as much like him as I can, which is why we try to do the things that he did in the way that he did them. 
I agree with all that. How do Good. you? How we're do in, you? Describe, we're in agreement. We're in agreement. How do you describe that tension of the already not yet? Because it's it's all throughout Scripture, and it's and it yeah. even even when you take something like victory over sin, I mean that can be a really challenging thing to walk through. Of like, okay, um, like it's so critical to understand this tension of already not yet um, because it guards our hearts from um, being discouraged, like questioning my salvation every time I sin um, to believe that I've already, I've been redeemed, but then I'm also being redeemed. Like I've been saved, but I'm also being saved. Right. Like this, how how do you describe that to people? I, I don't know that I had a more visceral picture of that, uh, than, than I received in adopting my children, like to to see this reality of of you are already my daughter, like you have been declared my daughter. You are in every possible way, legally and and uh, irrevocably, my daughter. However, I am still a stranger to you, and and you don't even understand what it means to be a daughter. And so it has been. Uh, years of of that relationship growing of of my children growing in their trust of us their understanding of who we are and the role that we play understanding what it means to walk in those things both the freedoms and the responsibilities that come with being a part of that family and so it's it's very much a process but they're not working their way toward being my son or my daughter like that is done so the already is this declaration of this is now who you are and then the not yet is the learning how to become who you already are like i think ephesians is probably the one of the most beautiful biblical pictures of that like chapters one and two are this is who you are and then the remainder of the letter is now here's how to act like who you already are and and so there's this there's that that tension of of this is already done. So when we say like the cross, it is finished and yet not finished, it's not because the cross was incomplete or the cross itself lacked something. It perfectly and entirely accomplished everything that it was meant to accomplish. We just haven't seen all of the results of what it accomplished yet. And that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on the the fulfillment, the, the manifestation or the revealing of all of those things. I think what's important for all of us to understand in that is that um, that yeah, that we're learning to walk in this identity. We're learning, and and God is patient, and it's all building towards more joy. I mean that the right there is a part of that that we say, well, then why why doesn't God just save us, and then just why can't we just be delivered from all this immediately? But there's something beautiful in us walking this road and learning, so that when we are finally able to just walk completely free, it'll only increase our praise, you know, right. of Him and our joy in Him. And like so that I song think... that we sing on Sundays, Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor. There's that line in the last in the last verse of and the the calm will be the better for the storms that we endured. Like there's mm-hmm. that that glory, that future glory seems all the more uh extraordinary because of what we have experienced in anticipation of it. Right. And we have to keep that in mind because you know, sometimes we can get when we when we look at this and look at these issues of social, you know, social care, social justice, whatever things people want to put on it, the ultimate thing is 
we have to be really mindful that God is the one that determines what we care about and God is the one who sets that agenda. And I think for a lot of us, it, we, we want, we take things that God has declared and we, you know, we, we let the world kind of manipulate that and turn it into something else or make right. us feel like, well, we shouldn't be about that because then right. that means we're identifying with all these other things. And these are areas where we just have to be able to pull ourselves out of the culture and say, I belong to a king and a kingdom. And so whatever whatever that means, whatever other people want to interpret that is kind of up to them. But we have to be able to, um, to pursue these things in a way that is pleasing, that is honoring to God and feel hmm. freedom to do that. Does that make sense? Like, it does. And I think you touch on something really important there. When when we are motivated by, I don't right. want to do the thing that God has commanded me to do because that might associate with me with people that I don't want to be associated with. What we don't realize is oftentimes my motivation for doing what I'm doing is actually the exact same motivation for them doing the opposite. So in in my got it i think i'm Wait. i think i'm different from them because i'm doing the opposite of what they're doing but the reality is we are both motivated by the exact same thing it just works out in a different symptom do you want to problem. flush that out a little more give me well two. i don't want to steal your thunder this is this That's is jay's good. idea credit where credit is due footnote this is jay's idea well good make sure we get that um no, before before we hit record, unfortunately, all of our best stuff is before we hit record, just so you guys know. It's all brilliance yeah. is all in the brainstorming, and then we hit record, and it goes down. It, we're, we just become befuddled buffoons <laughs> um, because of the pressure of the blinking red light. Uh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Go ahead. You just looked like you got electrocuted by the microphone. I felt like okay? I did for a second. Anyway, it's, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's totally normal. Yep. Um, no, we, we so we were just talking about this idea that when we have a when we have a low view of redemption, when we don't really understand what all Christ accomplished in redemption and the purpose of it, of what his expectation of us is as a result of that, then then that leads literally to both sides of the ditch. We we've or, or both ditches on either side, actually is the better way to say that. So a low view of redemption can lead us to a low view of the care for people in need, right? Because we think that doesn't really matter. That's a result of our low view of redemption. Or a low view of redemption can lead to an idolatrous view right. or understanding of caring for those in need, that that's the only thing that matters. And so you end up with two people with opposite views that are actually motivated by the exact same thing, a low view or a, or a, uh, a I can't think of a good adjective a, a a incomplete we'll go right. with incomplete understanding of redemption yeah so i think and we've said this before that the answer to one ditch is not going into the other ditch right it's a very critical thing because when you do that yeah you end up actually having more in common with the person in the other ditch than exactly. you do with the people who are actually on the road we're both wrong we're right. just wrong in the opposite way right. and we're both in ditches right like we're both we got lots in common then right. and um, and, and, you know, one area I see this happen a lot, and I, I, there's lots of areas I could probably point out, but I, I use the environment because I feel like that's a that's a issue that has become less, like it's just not as... It's not as combative right, right now. People aren't freaking out. Not right now. And, and so just making the point of that's a really good example of how we need to let God set our agenda for that. And so those ditches, it's, um, it's very obvious that... You, 
where I've seen in the church sometimes of people just saying like, well, you know, we don't care about the environment because that's what these other people care about. And, and I don't agree with them. And so on these other things, so therefore, um, I don't care about the environment, which is silly because God, this is God's creation and we're actually called to be stewards. Like that was Adam's job. Right. And we are still given the job to care for God's creation. And so, so to say we don't care about it is actually pretty horrifying. Right. But on the other hand, like you have this other ditch where then we, you can idolize it. And then you can start to be motivated by this idea of like, well, if we don't do something, this planet is going to be destroyed against God's design. Right. And, and yeah, like we need to have a healthy dose of understanding like God is sovereign over this. And, and so some of this is like the whole ends justifies the means and our view that what we do can foil God's plans. And we have to understand like, no, there is a way in which we say, well, God is God is sovereign and I cannot frustrate him in any way. Yeah. The, that doesn't mean that I'm not motivated to obey him. Right. Like I end up missing out of joy. So like I, believe, I am motivated to obey him. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so like when I share the gospel, I don't share the gospel because I think, well, if I don't share the gospel with this person, then God, you know, who was saving that person now can't save that person because I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Hmm. I don't yeah. carry that weight on me. At the same time, that doesn't make me unmotivated to share the gospel with them because God has called yeah. me to do that. Right. And we have scripture that says like, well, how will they know if they haven't heard and how they hear, hear unless someone tells them? And so I know at the same time that there is a great responsibility to do that and a great joy to be a part of that. Yeah. And so it's a joyful yeah. thing to be obedient and to be about the things that God is about. And we just, and and so we fall, usually we are falling into the ditches is, is, is pushed by kind of the storms and the wind of, mm. of this culture rather than being steady and steadfast right. and, and trusting that God's, God's plan is best and I need to trust him in that. Okay. So say I'm listening to this and I, I agree with all of this and I agree, yes, I need, to, I need to take more personal responsibility for caring for those around me in need. I want to be like Jesus in that way. I understand that scripture says over and over again that that is an inseparable aspect of the reality of the gospel. So you've convinced me. But I'm looking really? around. Yeah, well good, well done. Finally, you convinced me. Right. I, but you look around and, and it just feels overwhelming, the amount of need, the amount of options. Like if, if you just say, like, um, I want to address poverty. Well, it feels like there's a thousand ways to address that. Or you know, I want to, I want to address orphan care. There's, there's count, like the need just feels so overwhelming. What, what, what is your counsel to, to someone when they say, I just don't even know where to start? Yeah. I mean, so if we're, if we're in a situation where we understand that these are the things that God cares about and who he is, and they represent, like that's what we have to remember again, that what we're doing is we're we're doing these things it's designed that we do these works and that helps explain what we mean when we say these things about who god is right so when we say god cares about the orphan that he's a fatherless or he's a father to the fatherless then we then can point to how we function towards orphans in our culture and say this is what it means this is, this is how you can know who this god is and so once you have that kind of motivation and you're able to say like, okay, this is about who God is and what he has called me to do. 
and I'm free from like what the world wants, how they want to define those terms and, and how they want to talk about those things. We don't have to be, we're not beholden to any of that. And once we get to this place, then we say, okay, now what do I do? Well, then, yeah, the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to feel really overwhelmed because yeah. once you say like, no, I care passionately about feeding the hungry, you're going to realize how many hungry people there are in the right. world. And that's going to be terrifying. And um, the, the temptation there is to kind of harden yourself and um, try to try to go back to minimizing it. We just, we always want to, we're always tempted to try to make things uh, like frame things in a way that we can handle them ourselves in okay. our own strength. Okay. So if I just say, well, you know, I can't solve all those things. So I'll just, you know, not worry about any of that day to day and just make, let other people take care of it, which you were talking about, which we can talk about more about That's Those are, these are more ditches hmm. that we can fall into. But I think the, it, it, assuming when we're talking about, okay, well, what, how do I handle that? So I want to engage in this, but how do I not get overwhelmed? I mean, this is where the body of Christ comes in. Yeah. This is like, we have to give freedom to one another that God being obedient to what God and, and being faithful to what God has asked you to do is a small piece of a greater thing. And those small things become big things. They're mustard seeds. And, and we have to, put our hope in God to accomplish all that he has set out to accomplish and understand that, that my role is to be faithful to what he's calling me to yeah. right now. And what he's calling me to do right now is going to be a sacrificial giving of myself to this. That's, right. like that's one thing we have to understand that that is not a way of saying, well, just take a small enough bite that you can handle it in your own strength. Right. That's not what we're talking about. Right. I don't need Jesus for that. Right. But what I am saying is, like, let's say that God has put it on your heart, for example, to care for orphans. Well, then I would say, consider what does that mean to give sacrificially to that? Like, don't, don't, you, you can take a step, an entry point. We give people lots of entry points. Mm -hmm. But, but I think you should ask yourself, like, okay, am I called to adopt? Like, is God asking me? And like, start with that of saying, like, okay, is is this what God is asking me to do to be faithful? Is he asking me to be a foster parent? Is he asking me to, um, like, how is he asking me to be a part of this? And and assume, like, big steps. Like, yeah. I, I think that's one of the things we have to yeah. do is push ourselves a little bit and say, okay, I want to be involved in this and help in a way that where I need the Holy Spirit to strengthen me and empower me and to do things through me. Um, and so, so, so it's this tension of saying, yes, give yourself to that, but in the same way, part of your motivation so that you don't feel like, well, look, I'm, I'm giving all of this. And is it even matter? Because you can, you can be a foster parent to one or two foster kids. And that is incredibly hard. Yes. That's a big, yes, it is. it's a big deal and very difficult. And so it can be very discouraging to put out that much energy and that much effort and to reorient your life in that way and then to feel like it's a drop in the bucket. Right. Like, well, if I can't right. solve all this for everybody, but that's where you have to put your hope in God to do all of it and your trust in your brothers and sisters that while you're being faithful here, you're encouraging and inspiring your brother or sister to be faithful over here and and it goes around. And then as the as the church, we are the body of Christ. And then we that's think right. about our church with other churches, all the churches in the world are the body of Christ. 
And so together, we these small acts of faith become these really big transformational right. things culture-wide. And I think one of the reasons why we miss out on that so much is because we're not faithful in these small things. We think that it's only doing this big thing. Like if I can't, um, if I can't eradicate hunger across the globe, right? Well, then I shouldn't do it. And then I'll just kind of try to, you know, support an organization that I think can do that really big thing, not realizing that that actually starts with me making sure that my neighbor has enough food. Right. And we can, we can encourage each other in the wrong ways too, right? Because I can, I can encourage you in that in the, even the small things matter with, you know, well, it mattered to that starfish, right? The, we, 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 which ends up kind of trivializing it unintentionally. What, what I should be encouraging you with is Jesus words, which are always infinitely more encouraging than my own silly illustrations and my own parables what Jesus says is anytime you do this for the least of one of these, you do it for me. Right. So the question is, is Jesus worth this effort? Because he says, if you bring even a cup of cold water, you are bringing it to me. And so those small things matter because Jesus says, I'm asking you to do this. So when you obey me in these seemingly small things, you are serving me. It is me you are feeding. It is me you are visiting in prison. It is me that you are inviting into your home uh, to, to care for and, and to be hospitable to. And so that that is what empowers me in those small things. And then if you're motivated by the same thing and then someone else is motivated by the same thing and someone else is motivated by the same thing, then all of a sudden that is that comes together into those greater extraordinary acts of the church as a whole. Yeah, and I think it does. And and I don't so how do you deal with that temptation to say um I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but just that that idea of like okay, the small things matter. But that's not the same thing as saying well, I, you know, I gave 50 cents to the food bank. So small things <laughs> right. matter. Yeah, how do you how do you walk through that yeah. tension, or or is it something that you don't really have to walk through? Like, because there's other root issues going on there that aren't going to be solved by that, right? I mean, some, I mean, scripture will tell you that that comes back to the heart, right? Right? Because if if all I have is fifty cents, then giving fifty cents to the food bank is a really big deal yep. and an extraordinary act of faith. If I have a hundred million dollars and I give fifty cents, that's not super impressive. Like so. There's an, there's, it always comes back to where my heart is in this act. Am I, am I giving sacrificially because I believe Jesus is worth giving this? He's, he's worth giving my only 50 cents or he's only worth my 50 cents. Like those are two very, very different sentences. And, and, and so it's going to come back to the heart in, in all of those things. Well, and I think that that's the. I think that the encouragement, like we were talking about, that this is contagious, that acts yes. of faith are contagious, and that's what we want to lift up, our acts of faith. It's not how much a person does. It's not how much they give or how whether they adopt or, or foster or mow someone's lawn that is that is fostering and care for them in that way. It's it's what is the faith that that is done in. And 
and that's what's pleasing to God. And so it can be so tempting to look at, like I can look at you who, who you've adopted two children and we've dealt with this before of saying, okay, well, are we supposed to adopt? Are we supposed to foster? But we also have to understand that that there's all of these needs. Like there's right. there's all this stuff going on. And so we are all wired differently and called to different things. And those ditches of us using that as a license to be lazy then and a license right. to be like, ah, it's just not my it's not my thing, not my wiring, um, is is a danger, but that is a heart issue. And then also it's a danger to say, well, what I can do just isn't it's a drop in the bucket. So why even why even do right. it? The the common denominator is like what you're talking about is is this done in faith or is this done in my own flesh? Because if it's done in my right. own flesh, if my motivation is my own flesh, then that's going to either that's going to push me into the ditch of of kind of laziness and just abdicating my responsibility. And um, like we talked about this earlier, that like rejoicing when you hear a story of somebody doing these things. Well, there is a there is a good way to rejoice in that, and there's a right. sinful way to rejoice. Right, in that. absolutely. So if I hear a story of someone going into the prisons and visiting prisoners, I can I can listen to that and I can rejoice with the mindset of, well, see, I'm a part of this church and this church is doing that. Right. Therefore, I don't have to do anything because they're already doing right. it. I've outsourced my obedience. Right. I've out Yeah. I love that when you talk about that. Like I've outsourced. Yeah. So our church is being obedient to this. And so therefore I am. It counts for me. Right. And that's not, that's not healthy. I mean, that's no. actually sinful. It's super sinful and unbiblical. But there is a really beautiful way to rejoice in that when you care for prisoners, but God has called you to give sacrificially in the care for a orphan right and so while you're fostering kids you're rejoicing in your brother or sister who's going into the prisons because you see it as like hey we're all we're all contributing to this and we're all rejoicing in our father's work and so right. i'm rejoicing that you're doing that and that is a beautiful way to rejoice in that and to see it as the body of christ and to see you're you're going to the prisons this guy's going to the homeless shelter this guy is um this this woman is is volunteering in the schools and this person is um, you know, do, caring for these these children, like we're doing all of these things, and then together we can rejoice in that, and that's that's actually really um, a, a beautiful way. I do want to point out though that that there's another way. There's a way then to also be discouraged by those testimonies. Hmm. That when you hear the testimony of somebody, that you then put that on yourself of like, well, I guess I'm not a very good Christian because I'm not doing that. Or that can then manifest itself into kind of defensiveness, like, okay, you're sharing that testimony and. Like, well, not all of us can do that. Like, and it's all then to self-justification. Right. Like that ends up being a motivation of like, I, I have to somehow qualify for God's justification. And so I either have to convince myself, I either like condemn myself because I'm right. not doing what they're doing, or I justify myself by being defensive and saying like, well, like that's great for you, but that's because you have all this extra time. And yeah. I just want to say all of that is sin. Yes. Like, that's all sin. Like the beautiful thing is to listen to that and hear what's going on and rejoice that that's happening and and to ask yourself like okay is how am I challenged by that in faith? And so um I love it when I hear things like um when somebody so when you hear a testimony from somebody that is say fostering and somebody says, "You know what? I'm I, you know, I got I've got 12 children and I don't, I, I, I don't have time. Like I can't, right. I can't do that. 
but you know what? My my kids, we can come over and we can take care of their yard. Like we can, yes. like I can do this. I, I want to do this. I want to I want to participate. I want to jump in somehow. Um, I just think that's a beautiful way right. of that it's supposed to inspire us. And then as your testimony of faith, stepping out in faith challenges me to step out in faith, then you know, then incredible things really can happen. So oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I, I I think it just comes down to are we are we doing something right? The only thing that is one hundred percent always sin is doing nothing, because like, right. God's called us to so many options. So if we when we feel overwhelmed, we go, I don't even know where to start. Start somewhere. Start anywhere. And and all of that comes. That's why Jesus is constantly saying, and the and the prophets as well are constantly saying it. it it's always about the heart. It's not just about what you're saying. It's not what you say you're committed to or what you care about. It's it's what's actually motivating that and how are you responding to that? Because I mean to your point, you can there is a very unholy way and a totally holy way to say I am so glad you are committed to that so I don't have to be. Right. Right? Cuz if if that's cuz I don't want to do anything. So I'm glad somebody's doing right. something cuz I'm going I'm doing nothing. That is unholy. That is unchristlike. But I can say the exact same thing in saying, I'm so thankful that you are fully committed to that so I don't have to be because I am fully committed to this other act of obedience that I'm throwing myself fully into. And and for us, like personally, this is very real because Stacy and I spent a lot of time, uh, the, the first half of our marriage with no kids, and we loved that freedom. And, and so we spent a lot of time. Stacy led a weekly Bible study in a women's prison in Dallas for, for years, like, like we we did a lot of prison ministry and and overseas missionary work that that we loved and were able to do with our freedom because we did not have kids there were certain responsibilities that we didn't have and we loved that and then god shifted gears for us and and gave us a different kind of focus which meant we weren't able to do some of the things that we were doing before and there's a bit of a grieving process with that and a lot of guilt in saying like man we weren't doing this thing that we used to do all the time. We weren't involved in these same ways that we were involved. Are we being disobedient in that? But understanding, oh, God God just shifted the focus that now in this season, he wants us to pour ourselves into something different so we can celebrate with a Dave Ekstrom and say, I am so thankful that you are as radically committed to those in prison as you are because I can celebrate with that and feel good about being focused on my thing because as the body of Christ or, or the way that not not my thing but the way God has the, the, the season that God has us in because the body's being the body the hands are being the hands the, feet, the right. mouth are being the mouth and the feet are being the feet and 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 together we are fully invested in the things that God has called us to in this particular stage of life that we're in yeah and so all these things we end up holding in tension there's ditches all over the place Right. So we do that with our wiring. Like, well, I'm just not wired to do that. And we have mm-hmm. to understand that, um, you know, like we can see that with money, for example. Like there are definitely, you know, there are people who say, well, if I if I made a lot of money, I would give. And so that's the responsibility, obviously, of people who make a lot of money. But God says everybody like you're, right. there's a there's a point that it's you're being faithful in your giving, whether you're giving like you said, 50 cents, that's your only 50 cents that you have versus 50 cents out of a hundred million dollars. Like these are, 
Um, Jesus literally points out the person who gives two cents and says, right. her act delights me more than all the sacks of cash that the guys around her are, yep. are bringing in. So it clearly is not the amount. It's right. the heart. Yeah. And so I think... I think maybe a practical tip or help in these things, because even when you're talking about that caring for prisoners, you know, or that doesn't mean you stop caring for prisoners. It's just right. So when someone is, you know, has just been released from prison and they come here to come to church on a Sunday and God gives you that opportunity, you don't meet somebody and find out this is their first Sunday out of prison. And then here they are and say, Oh, well I don't do that anymore. Don't do the prisoner thing anymore. Can't help you. Not my thing. Dude, how horrible. (laughs) Even joking about that makes me feel a little gross. Right. Right. So so you're faithful in every moment like that. And God will use that as a way that you, you know, he'll bring some of those things back, but you're just in a season of life right now where that's not a regular part of your life. And that's okay. I think, I think the big, key and this has been something that's helped me is when I when I hear a testimony I hear somebody doing something or I see something in scripture about like well God cares about this and so I wonder like okay well am I doing enough in that area I want to listen to the spirit and there are some things you know about the spirit that would tell you okay is this the spirit or is this my own flesh you know or is this the enemy speaking into this and one of those things is if, if you feel condemned by someone else's act of faith, that is not the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit is not going to, like, he's not going to have you hear a testimony from somebody else that's being faithful and they're obeying and, and, and using that to then beat you over the head and say, like, why can't you be more like that guy? Right. You start hearing voices like that, that is not of the Spirit of God. Um, and so hopefully for some people, if you are more prone to hearing those things and just feeling like, I guess I'm just not doing enough, not a good enough Christian or whatever, understand that that's your, your, the, that root of still is self-justification and, and just, you got to let go of that and say, no, it's, it's my father's joy and my, for my joy to, inc- for that he includes me in his work. And then the other, the other end of the spectrum is if you hear a voice of justification, if like defensiveness or qualification or justification come into play. So you hear that somebody has given sacrificially and you respond with, well, that's nice that they can give, but I don't, I don't have to because they, they just make a lot more money than I do. And so they've got a lot more expendable resources. And so therefore I'm fine. That's also not of the spirit. What, what's always meant is, is, someone's act of faith should inspire me to act in faith. Hmm. Like I know that that's right. That's a hard, tangible thing to grasp, but that's the spirit. That's the voice you want to listen to. So you, I see or hear, I read an article about this. I hear testimony from my neighbor. I, I know that this thing's going on. Their act of faithful obedience, the voice in me that inspires me and stirs me to also want to act in faithful obedience that's that's what I want to yeah. listen to. Yeah. That's what I want to dive into, and I want to press that. I want to. I want to. That's where we have to be. Be brave and be courageous. And so something stirs in me when I hear the story of my neighbor who is going in and going to be a foster family, and that stirs in me something that like I, I want to, I want to respond in faith. Yeah. So okay, well maybe I take that step and I start to you know I I reach out. Maybe you reach out to the church then and say, okay, I, what do I do next? And we can help you figure out what those next steps might be. Um, 
and or maybe it does it in a different area so you hear someone giving you uh, shares a testimony of what being a foster parent has meant and that their faith has stirred in you and inspired you to say you know what i know that god has been calling me to go to the prisons and share the gospel and I've been putting it off, but yeah. their act of faith has inspired me to step out in faith and yeah. do this thing that I know God has laid on my heart. So maybe in a completely different area, yeah. like someone's, someone's testimony of going to the prisons and sharing the gospel might inspire you to step out in faith and give sacrificially because God has been challenging you with that. So, so that's the voice you want to listen to is, is it's faith to faith. It's not these yes. works yes. translating into equal value works it's that's good faith so hopefully that's, really, that's helpful that's really good and and we do jay mentioned and i just want to reiterate we want to help you in that so if you're listening to this and you think i i am feeling that i am feeling stirred to to want to be more active to want to walk to walk in obedience and i just i don't know where to start i don't know how to do that or i need help processing my idea to see does this sound like a faithful idea we want to serve you in that. So please reach out, grab us on a Sunday morning or email us at connect at faithpeshtigo.com. We would love to serve you in that way. Thank you as always for listening. We love you, church. And until next time, grace and peace to you.